It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, good morning, Elevate Church. 8th of May, I said the team this morning, been quite a week. We've survived May the 4th, be with you. We survived 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo, Mexican Independence Day. What? You all didn't celebrate that? No, okay. And today is week three of a series we've been teaching called The Joy Factor, which we're zooming in on some of the ways Jesus actually highlighted that we can bring more joy into our lives. In fact, the timeline as such is that when Jesus turned 30, and this is the habit of a rabbi, you would, at the age of 30, be able to start being a rabbi. And your first order of business is to go and handpick 12 followers or 12 disciples. So Jesus did that. Effectively, when Jesus turned 30, he moved, transitioned out of the earthly family business of carpentry and went public into the uh, eternal family business of being the son of God and out in the wild. So he chose his 12, did a little bit of a road trip with them around an area called Galilee, healing people, started to get a little bit of rock star status. People started coming in from further afield to meet him, learn from him, maybe get healed by him. And uh, when that crowd started to gather, he, he kind of just scooched up a little bit of a, a mountain and he taught his first public block of teaching, which we've since labeled the Sermon on the Mount. It was both his first, his longest, and uh, potentially most famous. And there's just so much in there. Now, the first two weeks, we double-clicked on some of the what, he, what we've called the Beatitudes, some, some perspectives, some attitudes, some situations where, and many of them are a little counterintuitive, but where God can actually bring more joy if we understand God at work in those situations. So you can go back and listen to them, go to our podcast, all major podcasts. Google have a podcast app? Oh, you know, who cares? Uh, anyway, uh, Amazon Music, we're now on Amazon Music, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, you'll find us. Just search Elevate Church Perth, we'll be there. You can catch up. Today's week three, um, and I want to talk today about the serve factor. So if you've got your Bible or the Bible app, open it up, same slice, Matthew chapter five, that we've been taking a deep dive the last couple of weeks and so Jesus has just finished teaching, as I said, what we know as the Beatitudes, or it's even been nicknamed the Be Happy Attitudes. And now he kind of shifts gears a little, progresses his teaching. And this is what he went with. Let me tell you why you are here. And he didn't mean here on the mountain. He didn't mean here sitting on plastic chairs in, in a building in Rivervale. He meant like this planet at this time in this location for this purpose. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Now in 2022, we're still wrestling with this very question. Why am I here? AKA, purpose. 
There are endless books written on the subject. There are conferences and webinars on the subject trying to answer the question that, that, that people are continuing to ask. Why am I here? What's my purpose? I don't think it's any coincidence that among Jesus' very, very first public words, he hit this topic, the topic of purpose, and he answered the question. If you're asking it out there, I'm gonna tell you. Why am I here? Let me tell you. You're here. Look, before I teach anything else, before I heal anyone else, before we go anywhere else, I, I'm gonna cover this off. So pay attention. You're here, this is Jesus, to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. There is an others-centric answer to the question of purpose, which by the way, on face value, makes no sense because you wanna know why you're here for you. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're here and it's not for you. But if you do that, you'll find what's for you. We have a seven-year-old nephew. He's a boy and he's a seven-year-old. And everything that goes with that, well, you know. So he comes over for a play date every so often with Uncle Mark. And uh, we have a nice, uh, freshly painted um, interior, thanks to both a professional painter and the category B painter was me doing smart. And, every, and the color is lexicon quarter which is like the whitest, brightest, it's even called vivid white in some other brands. It's white, very white. All of our walls are white, 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 white. Okay, that's a thing. Once our seven-year-old nephew has left the building, our white, 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 white walls are no longer white, 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 white walls. They are covered in handprints, footprints, food prints, I don't know, substances that I can't even recognize are on the walls. Every glass sliding door, every window has nose prints, lip prints, footprints. <laughs> and at Christmas time, our nephew got a doggo. This is our little, his little doggo, this little chase. So, as you can imagine, it's now compulsory when our nephew comes over to have a play date with Uncle Mark, that little Chase comes over and has a play date as well. Now, here's the thing about Chase. Chase has proven his ability to wee and poo outdoors, but he continually demonstrates his preference for weeing and pooing indoors. I'll take him outdoors. We'll have a little play. I'll say... Number ones, number twos. He'll look at me like, no, I didn't need to go. I'll take him inside. I put him down on the floor. Number ones and twos. <laughs> Within seconds. Right. So our nephew leaves the play date, takes a little chase with him. Oh, by the way, uh, our nephew, he's, he's into Minecraft. And so he comes over. Can I watch a YouTube? Can I watch a YouTube? And it's like, all right, you can watch a YouTube. So he gets on the smart TV. He knows how to work the remote control better than we do. He pops open the YouTube and he finds the Minecraft. Watching other people play Minecraft, which still seems like a colossal waste of time to me. But anyway, he's seven. I'm not going to judge. And he watches the YouTube and then the next YouTube and then the next. Oh, you, every, Minecraft. All Minecraft all day. So here's the thing. Once Zia takes him back to wherever it is he comes from, 
uh, I walk around our house with the spray and wipe and a little micro fleece. That's 20 minutes. I go around with the pooper scooper and the heavy duty industrial chemicals and a mop, getting up the highly acidic dog wee. Um, and I even tried to kind of override the recommended for you next up in YouTube on my smart TV because I go to then watch something on YouTube and YouTube tells me the next thing that I want to watch is a Minecraft video. <laughs> and I discovered you cannot override YouTube recommending stuff when your seven-year-old nephew has just spent several hours watching these things. And here's the deal. I go around with my spray and wipe and my dog wee detox mop thing and with a massive smile on my face because the goal in life isn't keeping everything in our life pristine. That's called a museum and there's no life there. Everything in a museum is inanimate. Everything in a museum, even if it was once alive, is no longer. And one of the keys to, to, to purpose and joy is us discovering that joy and purpose is found in serving others, in creating opportunities for others, and just taking the fact on board that it will get messy sometimes, but the mess is worth it that the mess and everything that, that, that happened to create the mess will bring enormous rewards. We'll find fulfillment investing and serving other people that we will not find if we think life's all about us. Knowing, I, mean, I think one of the greatest and most fulfilling things for us is to be able to walk away from a situation or a circumstance or a session or a day or whatever the, 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 the environment was, knowing that we were used by God. Like, wow, of all of the people that God could have chosen, when we step up to serve, he says, I'm gonna use you and, and, and wow, the God of the universe. So, so, so Jesus categorically says that we're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Now, full disclosure, I love salt seasoning. Love it. Love it. I'm a connoisseur of salt. I have a suite of salts in my kitchen. Each one of them has a different purpose. Dare I say each one of them even has a different flavor profile. And you will not find Saxa salt in my pantry. It's of the devil. Uh... But here, and I think, I think one of the reasons I like salt seasoning is that I grew up in a household devoid of salt seasoning. Uh, we didn't have salt on anything. I'm not even sure we had salt in the house. I, I don't know why. My mom, she, she was a good cook, but there was never salt involved. Uh, I don't know if it's, she bought into the myth of salt causes blood pressure, all that rubbish. Uh, anyway, point is we didn't. Therefore, we had food that looked like food, but just didn't have any flavor. You know, you're like, it's like Homer Simpson. Hello, hello flavor, and it just didn't show up. Then I started dating an Italian. Some sliced tomatoes would appear on a plate in front of me, and I'm thinking, well, I gotta make a good impression with the family. I'm gonna eat the, the tomatoes. I know they're not gonna taste of anything. Put a bit in my mouth and 
flavor bomb exploded. And I'm like, this is very, very strange to me because it looks exactly like what I've eaten for the last 27 years at the time. It's quite recent. Uh, and, uh, but it had flavor. Now, same went with peas. Same went with roast potatoes. Again, looked exactly the same as what I'd grown up eating, but had flavor. I went on to discover that much of the reason this food had flavor was salt seasoning. So that's it. I'm in. I don't need any more convincing now. You will. I even put salt in desserts. Hello. It's a true chocolate, especially. I'm not even a sweet tooth. Maybe that's why I put salt in there. Uh, Anything, sauteing salt, boiling. When you boil stuff, learned this from the Italians, the water should be as salty as the sea. I didn't know that. Oh, no, Jamie Oliver taught me that later as well. More of a reinforcement of the fact. Um, anyway, grilling, slow cooking, roasting, salt, 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 love it. What salt does, it, it's, it's not that it adds flavor it brings out what's already in there it brings out what was intended to be brought out and Jesus is saying that in our spheres God has already put great stuff in the people in our spheres and we are invited to be used by God to help bring that out to bring out the best in the people in our spheres now we think of salt as just like it's just salt which is and, and we have ready access to it. You want some salt? Go to the store, buy some salt. 2,000 years ago when Jesus was teaching this, salt was actually a far more scarce resource and therefore a far more precious commodity. Uh, salt was used, see, no refrigeration. Salt was used to preserve foods for extended periods of time. Uh, salt was used to disinfect wounds, to, to, to act in this medical sense. Salt was used as a trading currency. Uh, and in fact, kind of like one of the more famous things is many of the Roman soldiers were paid in salt, which is where we get the word salary from. Okay, so, so back when Jesus was teaching this to the people listening, they already knew, they had the, the appreciation that salt was this incredibly valuable commodity. And I, I'm, I'm hitting that here now because I love the fact that the metaphor that Jesus chose to use for you and for me is that he ascribes something of enormous value to describe us. You are the salt of the earth. It's like, I am? Yeah, you are enormously valuable. Wow. And <laughs> I want you to take that value and I want you to spread it around. I want you to use it for the betterment in the service of other people, to bring out their best, to lift them up, to speak life, to be generous, to influence, to serve. So let me put it this way. If you want more joy in your life, get salty. Something like, actually, my spouse is already pretty salty. Not that sort of stuff. Just so. And if I haven't convinced you enough, research actually backs this up. In psychology, there is a phenomenon being described, researched and described as the helper's high. <laughs> and, 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 and the psychologists have determined that when we serve other people, 
It activates the same pleasure zone in our brain as food and sex. I'm just saying. It's just science, people. You're all thinking, I wish they'd brought masks back because this is very awkward. Uh, <laughs> and, and the help is high is associated with greater health and increased longevity. So there you go. So again, there's something in it for us. Serving other people, there's something in it for us. The us shouldn't be the number one priority, but it can be on the list. Put it number two. I get great pleasure out of putting other people number one. Great, awesome. Lift your joy by serving other people. And I also think the spirit of how we serve matters. If we just serve because of obligation, it will just get very dry for you and very dry for the people you're serving. It's like just, now there are times when we just do something because it's the right thing to do, even if it doesn't feel glamorous. I get that. But the, the sense of knowing that the God of the universe has specifically called you and me by name in certain settings and situations and spheres to serve. Of all the people he could have called, he chose us and commissioned us, has the opportunity to, to, to cause us to serve with joy. You know, we, we infuse this in our team members, like serve with joy. You know, I, I don't got to do this. I get to do this is the spirit about that. In fact, let me, let me underline this very important thing. You know, one of our goals when we gather on a Sunday is that when people are walking in, they feel something different, something up. They, they feel joy. And, and he said, we can't manufacture that. Actually, you can. You can create environments and it's, with people coming together, team members coming together to serve with a spirit of joy, that is actually contagious, right? And, and let, me, let me very clearly say this. The quickest way for a church to move from a joy-filled church to a church full of lemon suckers is, is to cross a point where you start to think that it's all about you. That you're only here for the songs you love. Oh, not this song again. <laughs> that you try to get something on the grapevine about who the speaker is this week. And you only show up when it's the speaker you love. Okay, I know that's obviously me, but I'm just <laughs> making the point. You know, I occasionally hear a story, not from here, thank God, from one of my buddies and somewhere, somewhere in the leadership, where a first-time guest has come into their church and sat in a seat, you know, you just pick the first seat, you know, and have been asked by the regular to move from their seat. Oh, yeah, I'm not making this stuff up. That the room temperature you like, you know, there's no one room temperature Fits all. Married people know this. <laughs> so we put the air conditions on at 24. That's it. If it's too cold for you, put a jumper on. If it's too warm for you, strip a few layers. Just keep a few on. Uh, <clears throat> 
And here's what we continually experience. It's not just the people that come in and get served that walk out of here with more joy. It's our team members. Say, man, the God of the universe used me. Wow. Well, then Jesus keeps going. It's like, okay, now if you didn't get the salt metaphor, everyone, let me try this. Here's another way to put it, okay? You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, do you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand, and now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Now, about four years ago, Louis and I bought a, a house built in 1956. Now, 1956 is not considered an old house by European standards. When we sell, tell the, the rallies back in Italy that we bought a house that was built in 56, they say, which century? But in Australia, 1956 is considered an old house. And here's the thing. When we bought the house, it still had the, the original electrical wiring throughout the house. What we soon discovered is that that electrical wiring only had the capacity for us to run a maximum of two appliances at any one time. So if you were about to switch on an appliance, you would have to do a full lap auditing the premises and do a head count of how many appliances were already in operation. And then when you went to just something like to boil the kettle, you'd be like, oh, I really hope I didn't miss one. Because so, if the washing machine was going, and if Louis' hair straightener was going, and you, you caught the washing machine, that's pretty obvious, but you didn't, in my case, catch the hair straightener, and you went to boil the kettle, <laughs> whole house short circuits, blackout. Which in the day, you know, no big deal. But the fuse box is outside. And, it, and this happens any day of the week, any time, night and day, any season of the year. And I gotta tell you, when the fuse box would trip because some nufty didn't do an accurate head count, appliance running head count, going out in the dark to find the fuse box and then identify the fuse, it was the same one every time, but I just tended to forget which one it was. It was no fun. Because here's something you already know. It's not easy to navigate in the dark, right? Thank you, Captain Obvious. I know. And here's what Jesus is highlighting. We have people in our spheres that are trying to navigate life in the dark. And he's positioned us to be light to them, to show them better, to show them hope, to show them joy, to show them purpose, to show them opportunity, to show them future, to show them healing. Us, you are the light. Another translation says you are the light of the world. Now, that expression, that deserves the mind-blowing emoji, right? When Jesus actually says to us, you are the light of the world, because elsewhere, he says, he's the light of the world. So it's like, Jesus, which one's which? Is it you or is it us? And the answer is, it's both. Jesus is the light of the world and we're the light of the world. The difference is, we're not the source of the light, we're the reflectors of the light. That Jesus is the source and he's saying to us, I'm gonna shine my light on you, but your job isn't just purely to absorb it 
for your own benefit, for your own navigation, for your own hope, for your own joy. Your job is to reflect my light into your spheres and be the light of the world. Now, here's the deal. I'm done. That's the teaching. It was amazing. Now I'm going to talk about what that might mean for us in terms of next steps. And I'm going to tell you two very practical next steps that we can take if we haven't already taken them. The first one, and I unashamedly will say to you, if you haven't yet already joined an Elevate team, then join an Elevate team. You will be put in a position and given an opportunity to serve other people, to be used by the God of the universe. Bit of my story is I grew up in the Catholic Church and I was one of those strange Catholics that actually attended. Um, and uh, I don't have anything against the Catholic Church. I left the Catholic Church, obviously, in my early 20s. And it's not because I had anything against the Catholic Church. It's because I, I got this. I got this. I got this. I started to realize, maybe I was a slow learner. It took me to my early 20s. But I, I, I got this. I started to realize I was... That, that, that as far as Jesus is concerned, being a Jesus follower is not a spectator sport. Being a part of the church is not a spectator sport. And the Catholic model, I'm not throwing it under the bus, I'm just saying it is what it is. This is observation, not criticism, but it's very much an observational model where you attend, the priest does the things, and maybe a couple of altar boys do a couple of the things, and then you'll go home. And it's very little opportunity to actively serve. And I just had this thing in me that, that I was created to contribute, to serve. And so, so God orchestrated, and I look back and I'm like, he's pretty clever, into me transitioning to a church similar to this where there are countless opportunities to serve. And I stepped across the breach as soon as I could and said, God, I'm in. Like, you know, as oh, I feel so used. I'm like, God, I want to feel used by you. And uh, it's very much informed our code, which includes, we here at Elevate, we are contributors, not consumers. Now, this is on our website, and, and, and it's got a little spiel attached. Focus on this, but let me read what we have attached to this code. Our personal preferences take second place. So you can like some songs more than others. That's just human nature, but it's not first and foremost, about you. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. Huh. We invest our time and money to see our mission fulfilled. And here's the thing. We are gonna leave here starting at 11-ish today and Kids have been invested in because some people served. People will have been welcomed at the front door with a smile and a sense of, we're glad you're here. We were expecting you, giving you a, a, a VIP kind of, oh, I feel like I matter. Yeah, you do, because somebody served. Uh, we were able to worship with, led by music because somebody's served. We're seeing my little nephew's doggo and everything else that's on, including lyrics to songs and so on and so forth. And shortly you'll see a video that will hopefully change your world because right now somebody's serving. 
and the list goes on. During the week, our music team are here. They, don't, they, turn, they turn up. What time do you turn up? 8.15? 8? Eight. Wow. On a Sunday. Hello. And they've already been here on Thursday night doing a rehearsal. Our prayer team leads our all-in prayer meeting on a Thursday night, 7 to 8, and they pray for you, and they pray for your sphere. And, and you've been prayed for because people serve, and the list goes on and on and on. And God has that for you. When you sign up to serve and join an elevate team, it's not because God wants something from you, though he will get something from you and so will other people, which is terrific. But he wants ultimately something for you. And it's this sense of purpose and meaning. And I get the, the, why I'm here. And we currently gathered here on a Sunday reach you know, an average of 70 to 100 people, depending. And we got a long way to go, a long way to grow, absolutely. But here's what I ask myself. I wonder how many more people we will reach and build into by more people being contributors, not consumers. So I'll leave that with you. The ways to take that next step to join an Elevate team is via our app or head to our front desk. The team will be there. Um, and then on our website, there's like, the opportunities and the teams listed. So you go there, I don't even know what team, just have a look, have a look. Like window shopping. Uh, for those of you that remember what window shopping is. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.